Welcome to the Ambitious Introvert Podcast, created especially for introverts, empaths, and highly sensitive entrepreneurs to help you build, grow, and scale a successful, sustainable business. I'm your host, Emma Louise Parks, business and mindset coach for ambitious introverts. After 17 years working as an air traffic controller, the ultimate fast-paced, high-stimulus, extrovert-friendly role, my mission now is to show introverts that they too can create big results and success because of who they are, not in spite of it. I focus on introvert-friendly business and marketing strategy to help you switch overwhelm for clarity, confidence, and clients. Hello, my ambitious introverts. It's Emma Louise here. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast, which is slightly different because this is a, well, the first of a series of, which will be upcoming, client spotlight interviews. Now, transparency in the online space can be terribly lacking and context and nuance can often go out the window because people want to share the flashy numbers and the results and not what actually went on in achieving them. This is why I started doing semi-regular client case studies as well, which you can find if you're on my email list, you can also find them on the blog. But I really wanted to bring clients onto the podcast so we can have a really open and honest discussion about what the client coaching relationship looks like, what their journey was, what the process looked and felt like from both sides. Because obviously everyone has their own perception. What I see in a client is very different to maybe what the client sees at various times. And Lauren's transformation in particular was such a good one to highlight first because not only did we create a whole new arm of her business successfully, which is what she came for. She came for the strategy. But the growth and the mindset and the personal transformation as well that went alongside with it, and of course needed to go alongside with it for her to up-level, to become a multiple business owner, has been really quite a surprise to her and has been a joy for me to witness. And that's not to say that it was smooth and steady all the way. And we absolutely dive into the times that felt hard, where Lauren didn't feel like she was making progress, other external factors that affected her and all of these things. So please enjoy. I hope that this gives you some, as I say, context into what often goes on behind the scenes and what goes into all of the fantastic glossy results that we see on social media. And if you listen to this and you think, okay, now I get it. Now I understand the type of things that are required. Now I understand like what you do with clients to support them, you know, on calls, in between calls. And if you feel like this would be a good fit for you, then I would love to have a conversation and see if I am the right coach to support you in your own business, mindset, whatever growth, whatever it is that you are looking for to achieve. So in the meantime, please enjoy this. It's quite a long one. It's quite a deep one. We don't leave anything out. So I really hope that you enjoy this share today. Well, this is a joy because as your client, I got to spend 90 minutes with you on a call yesterday. And now I get to see you again <laughs> and talk to you here today. <laughs> Very lucky. <laughs> and see you in Slack, obviously. Yeah. 
So thank you for being the first person to hop on one of these Client Spotlight podcast episodes with me. And I am very excited to share more about your journey and your business and really let my audience hear the types of things that you have had to do and lean into to create you know, the success of where you are now, because I think it's super important that we see that. So first of all, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about the businesses that you own? Yes. And thank you for having me. I'm super excited for this conversation. And yeah, so I'm Lauren and I have the business Lauren Lee OBM and also recently launched OBM Associates. I'm so excited. So let's start with the most interesting thing. What's your Myers-Briggs type indicator? ESTJ. <laughs> e. So for anyone listening now. <laughs> Probably quite obvious. <laughs> e. And yes, you are correct. I do work with introverts, but Lawrence and E. And I remember when your application form to work together popped in. First of all, I didn't know it was you because you use a different name in your business <laughs> than your actual name. So, so this form came through, it was super detailed. I was reading it. I was like, this is amazing. This is definitely an ideal client. Like I'm mentally going through like, oh, she wants help with that. Yep, we can do it. Yep, we can do that. And you'd put like 100% ready. And I was like, oh, okay, this is great. And and then something clicked and I realized it was you. And I, I remember I reached out to you and I was like, do you want to book a call? And I was like, but Lauren, I think you're an extrovert. Like, are you, are you okay with this? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I'm definitely a bit of both. I've definitely got the introverted side of me, but also the extroverted side. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. It is super interesting. And also your human design is really interesting. <laughs> so tell us what your chart looks like. Well, it's fully lit up. So all... Nine centers defined, and I'm a six-two emotional manifesting generator. Fully defined. This Fully is defined. So, so the opposite of the majority of my clients who are generally very open, which is where the mm. introversion and the sensitivity can come in. So that was super interesting to me when you shared that when we kicked off together as mm. well. So you you do have emotional authority. But you also yeah. have some really interesting <laughs> circuitry with the sacral and the spleen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All three, actually. The the spleen, the sacral, and the the emotional center, the solar plexus. Like those three, I can feel when those three really work together and almost they light up together like when it's a full body, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And the the, the it's a it's with a, a double split. So the the, the, the split is with the, the head and the armchair and then the rest of the body is a complete circuit. So I also experienced that split between, you know, the throat and the and the G center. I love it. I remember on a call about working together and I said, look, I'll send you the details after we chatted, like, go away, lean into your authority. You know, there's no <laughs> rush, take your time. And you emailed me about five minutes later and you were like, no, it's a full body, yes. <laughs> but that's so powerful because, and this is why I implement human design now with all clients, because having that knowledge, you are steered from a different kind of, it's not just knowledge, it's wisdom. And it's mm. an innate knowing. And you can trust yourself when you're making a big decision, like a big investment like this, because you know yourself and you know how your body reacts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think 
integrating human design into my work as well and with my clients, something that I did quite early on. And, you know, some people might find it a bit strange that they're being asked for their birthday and time of birth and place of birth. And obviously I give that as an option, but it really helps me understand how I can work better with that client in terms of communication and support. And I've worked with all the different types. So, you know, that's been also really interesting just to test out different like communication methods and and different types of support, knowing what they need and maybe what they don't need so much of. But yeah, learning, learning human design and my authority and strategy was such a huge help and permission giving situation for me not just for me, but even when I was having client calls, you know, potential client calls and being able to identify whether these are the people that, you know, I want to work with and whether they're, you know, is there any like little red flags in there, you know, and my body will tell me what, you know, if I really want to work with them. And it's not that I wouldn't want to work with them. You know, sometimes it's a, oh, maybe it's not quite right for now, but when it's a yes, this really weird squeal that comes out of my body that I just, and I just know that that's a full body yes, even though I'm meant to take 24 hours to kind of sit on that emotional wave. And sometimes I will, and I did it actually last week when I was at the conversation with a potential associate. And after the call, I actually went and recorded the invitation into it because I was just so excited. And I was like, okay, let's just pull back just for a little bit and let just leave it until tomorrow and let's just see. But it was, it, the excitement settled down and then it's like, yeah, it's still a full body, yes. But when the squeal comes, I just, I just know. <laughs> and that's what you said to me in that email. You were like, I do this squeal and the squeal came. So, so it's a yes. <laughs> but also it's not like I just, we just collided on a call. You, you didn't know me. You'd had, you'd obviously considered that you were growing the business. You needed support. You'd filled out the application. We'd had some emails back and forth. So you've got that time to ride the emotional wave as well, which I think is a little bit different than like making an instant decision. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what kind of sealed the deal as well before I I even completed that form was listening to one of the podcasts and you were having a conversation with Amy Brown, who I also knew and I'd met before. So I actually find that me and Amy have got some similarities in terms of like personality and and it was, yeah, just listening how you have both supported each other and how, you know, you're completely the opposite. But the way that you've both supported each other, I was just like, okay, I know that you are absolutely funny. I love that. I didn't know that. That's not a whole story. Yeah. That's so true because... And this is why it's interesting with the Myers-Briggs as well, because you and I are pretty opposite in that because I'm INFJ, okay, we've got the J in common. But with your clients and, and things like that, you know, people outsource quite often, especially for like VA, OBM, COO type roles, and they think they need a carbon copy of themselves mm. to do all the things they're too busy to do. But actually having this awareness and with the human design of when you've got strengths to help complete the other person obviously you want things in common I would say you and I have a lot in common in terms Mm. of interests and the way we look at the world but yet also we're very different and our energy complements in that way yeah absolutely I think it just I think working with somebody who is maybe a little bit opposite to you really brings that fresh perspective and you know if you both think the same if you both have a similar background or you've both done similar things in business 
you know, where's the challenge in thinking differently? And that's one thing that I notice a lot with my clients is, you know, that we can challenge each other in thinking differently and how, what the possibilities are in terms of scaling and building that business. So, yeah, I think like the opposites can be a, a bit, really beautiful partnership. Totally agree. So give us a little high level overview of what you were doing before you started your own business and and how your business came to exist in the world. Okay. I do love this story. <laughs> so we're we going to go way, way back. <laughs> we're going to go way back to the beginning of 2000. Yeah. 2016-17. I've been in a corporate role in I was actually a European business manager. So it's really interesting that title is what I was, you know, performing in, in corporate. And I'd been in that role for years and I'd, I'd really grown up within this business. I'd been in that business for 11 years and I'd come from actually a background of, I was their temporary receptionist <laughs> that, I, that I came in as and then I never left. And I developed within that business right up to a European business manager. And I absolutely loved it. I was managing multiple six-figure projects at, you know, many different times and managing a remote team across Europe when I was visiting all the different businesses. So it was quite a huge role. And it got, I remember it got to 2016 and I was like, is this it? You know, I was approaching, I was 29 at the time, I was approaching 30. I was like, is this it? Is this life kind of set up? You know, Sam had proposed at that time. I was due to get married. Are we going to have kids? We've got the house, all the things. And it was like, is this it? And that kind of freaked me out a little bit. I was like, oh. And then at the beginning of 2018, there was some restructuring within the business that allowed me to actually take redundancy for my role. And I thought, okay, I'm ready for a new challenge. I'll absolutely get a new job with all the skills that I've, you know, built within this business. and that shouldn't be a problem. And I remember I walked into a few interviews with my laminated portfolio, <laughs> almost like they didn't believe what I'd actually done in, you know, in my time in corporate and I couldn't get a job. It's almost like I was too qualified for the, for the roles. And, and I wish I could remember this moment and I can't him when it, when it happened, but it dropped and I was like, shall we go traveling to Sam and we we decided that it was the time to do that. So he was willing to kind of leave his job. And we were also getting married that year. So we got married at the end of 2018. One week later, we flew out to India. We threw ourselves in the deep end. <laughs> and then we traveled for 16 months across Asia and Australia. And during that time, I knew that I couldn't go back to corporate and that there was something else that I was meant to do. I had no idea what it was going to be. And I set up an Instagram account, a travel Instagram account, and I naturally started learning about online marketing and a travel page. And I ended up building a website and free resources and just really diving into all that, those kinds of areas and listening to masterclasses on how to, you know, work remotely and build a business and all these different things. And one day I then dropped on the online business manager role. And it was just like the biggest light bulb moment ever. Like this is like reading my a corporate career that can actually transition into the, into the online world. So I began learning systems. I 
was building out Dubsado. I was setting up my project management tool because I'd already implemented Asana into the corporate business that I was working for. So I naturally set all that up and came back from our travels in, in March 2020. And within a couple of months, I'd launched my OBM business. So that's how I came into the online space as an online business manager. Super exciting. And yeah, I just started working with so many different clients and clients that stayed with me for a, for a long time. And I really built up all my knowledge and, and skills, you know, working with these clients. So yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the journey to entrepreneurship, which was, yeah, amazing. And that is kind of our journey of being connected also, because back in, oh gosh, about March or April 2022, I was looking for an online business manager. Mm. And funnily enough, it was Amy Brown who mentioned you. She said to me, because I went to her and I was like, you know, where do I look? Have you got any recommendations? And she was like, oh, Lauren, if I was going to hire an OBM, it would be Lauren. She's amazing. I think you'll really get on with her. She's a bit woo. She's into human design. That was like Amy's actual thing. So I was like, okay. And she also said to me, oh, there's an OBM matchmaking service. There's a girl who runs a course and people that have been through her course, they do a matchmaking thing. So that's what I did. I reached out to you to book a call and I did the matchmaking thing, which didn't bring up any good matches, but we had a call you know, from my point of view, got on really well. It was all great. But then I decided not to hire an OBM at that time for various reasons. So we were connected. I actually recommended you to one of my clients who you went on to be a retainer client for, for, for quite a long time. And then, like I say, you, you dropped maybe six months later, dropped in to apply to work with me and I didn't realize it was you. And the reason I'm sharing that is because I think so much pressure in the online space to write the perfect post or have the perfect email sequence and all of these things, which absolutely do work. However, it's the relationships and the people and that sometimes people are in your world. I would never have dreamt of you as a client because when we'd connected, I was looking at it from the other way. And sometimes it's the relationships that we're not expecting that actually become, you know, client and and customer. And I just want people to know that it's so you can't, your brain will have a way of thinking it should be like this. People should follow the funnel or they should drop in this Mm. way. And Mm. I would say nine times out of 10 for me, it's been completely different. Mm. I think what's also really beautiful about that story is that client that you recommended to me came to visit me (laughs) from across the world and ignited the new business that's just been launched this year from your recommendation like when you look at it like that that's just it just that just blows my mind (laughs) the more spiritual amongst you listening may be thinking kismet it's also kismet and and it is and you can it's like the steve jobs quote it's only when you look back that you can connect all the dots Mm, and who would have known that me booking a call with you and then saying no to working with you which you know didn't feel great maybe didn't feel great for you either, but you know, it wasn't meant to be. And now you were like, oh, thank God. Because if I'd have ended up as your mm-hmm. client, it, we probably wouldn't have ended up in this dynamic. So yeah. you've got to trust that everything's working out perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. So you've just said your client flew across the world, spent time with you <laughs> and ignited this spark. And literally the following week you applied. So what was it about that time? What was it that made you go, I need to make a change. I want to do something else in my business and particularly like I'm going to hire support to help me with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even going back to March 2022, 
at that point, I was like full with clients. I'd got retainer clients, project clients, consulting clients, long-term project clients, and had clients that have been with me for, you know, over a year. And as amazing as what that was, I was kind of capped at my capacity. But also I was like, what else is there? There's something else that I think I should probably, or I should be, not even should be doing. I felt that there was something more for me. And I had no idea at the moment. And a lot of people that I would speak to, they're like, well, what about having a team? You know, I don't ever get a team behind you, I can do the work for you so you can take on more clients. But that was some, that business model was something that I just never gelled with it. As much as I absolutely adore team management, it's not, for some reason, I just did not want my own team. And it's one of those things as well. I'm one of those people that doesn't want something that everybody else has got. I always want something that's completely different. So from March 2022 for the next five or six months, and I've kept a journal since I was such a really, really young age and then moving more into like a photo journal capacity to then coming back to written journals since, since travel. And looking back, you know, over those journals and looking at where it was tough trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do, what's next, where am I taking the business? It took somebody to get in touch with me and ask actually for mentoring that I was like, oh, okay, this could be an opportunity. This could be something that I could, you know, branch out into. And I'd actually, we'd actually swapped services whilst I was traveling. So before I launched my service, my business, I was testing out my services and frameworks and the setup and everything as I've swapped services with this other person. And she'd come to me asking for mentoring just because she wanted to launch as an online business manager. So obviously I knew, I knew her background. I knew where she'd been. I knew what she'd done. I knew what she'd and she'd also had the experience of working in the online space before. So I knew she was like the perfect mentoring client. And we set off working together and that was all working amazingly. And then, yeah, so then this client came over to stay with me and we were talking and we were brainstorming and then something just completely dropped in. And I was like, oh my gosh, associates. I'm meant to have associates work with me. And it was like, OBM associates. And... That was just like, that was it. It was a done deal. I just knew that that was it. Didn't know how, didn't know when, but I just knew that that was going to be the next thing that I was going to work on and launch. And during that time with that client, you know, she very headstrong, challenging in a good way. You know, we both challenged each other. We've got a fantastic relationship and friendship. And she challenged me in terms of my confidence, my self-worth. And she pulled things out of me that, that I think I knew what, that were always there, but maybe not fully addressed. Even though I've had the confidence and the courage to leave, co- you know, to move on from corporate, to launch my own business, there was still some underlying self-worth and confidence issues that I'd not faced. And obviously she suggested, you know, working with you. And I knew that we weren't similar. I knew that we were very opposite. But I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's have the call. Let's have the conversation. I'm going to be outrageously open, share all the things. And then, yeah, that was it. And then here we are. And here we are now. <laughs> we met in Portugal for the first time. <laughs> we we did. So that was very serendipitous as well, because I yeah. got invited to Lisbon for the week and you happened to be there at the same time. And funnily enough, 
my coach Joe Sweeney happened to be there at the same mm. time. So it was crazy that I went to Lisbon on my own and ended up doing all these things. So we did your half day kickoff in mm. Lisbon over avocado toast and coffee. Oh my God. The most amazing play. <laughs> I, I'll never I, forget it. I just remember we spent three hours and you had your laptop and you had the click up and you had the, these mind maps and all these things. And by the end of it, we deleted half of them because I was like, there's a lot here, Lauren. Are you really sure? Are you sure? Do you really love this service? Do you want to offer this service? And I feel like that was a real clearing of you getting rid of those things that like had got you where you were, where you'd got, yeah. which is great. But then we were looking you know, future focus. I just remember saying to you about something. I was like, do you even want to do this? And you were like, no, and just deleted it. I can't even remember what it was. But that, I feel like that shakeup was what really gave you the space to be able to come and create yeah. associates. Yeah. And I think that that from from that moment, because I am, I am, an, I do love to put all the bells and whistles into something and then, you know, niche it down kind of in a way. And I do that so naturally for like everybody else, but I'd come with this massive map of, oh, these are all the things I'm going to, you know, all the things I'm going to do. These are all the people, all the ideal clients that I want to serve and, and bring into it. And, oh, you know, I think the evolution of niching, niching down within that idea was, yeah, really amazing, really. I think something that's important just to clarify here, it's so obvious to me, obviously, because I've been working with you, but to the listeners, your idea of success is not financially driven. Now, mm -hmm. you had a very profitable business already, which was mm -hmm. fully booked with a wait list. You know, you could have just done that and raised your prices and, you know, or worked more. You could easily have increased your revenue by, you know, multiple four figures a month mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. taking on extra clients. But that wasn't what was important to you. And your your version of success is having a three-day work week. It is being able to travel, have that freedom while still having a business that lights you up. So that's the irony when you come with, like you say, the mind maps and the plans and, and all of that. And it, we have to balance that because I'm like, okay, well, if you do all of that, how many hours are you going to have to work? Mm -hmm. And everything I really feel like with your decision-making comes back to and that's not saying you're afraid of hard work or mm. you don't mind putting in longer days in different seasons of business, but you are very clear about what you want your lifestyle to look like, mm. as we all should be, and creating your your business around it. So that just to anyone listening, think, oh, why why did you say like get rid of all these services? Partly it's because we we needed to keep your lifestyle the way you want to have it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people that out to build a business. And the lifestyle gets put on the back burner when, you know, it's, I just see it's all too often, you know, and it's, it's really picking out what you do value at the beginning of building a business and making sure that you can kind of keep hold of those and build the business around that. You know, we can all offer multiple services, especially as an online business manager, because we have such a huge role and, quite a privileged role with the amount of stuff we get to see behind the scenes in businesses. And we can break down so many little services into one-off packages and VIP days. And, oh, I mean, it's endless. Our roles are endless to what we can offer and we can build. But really tuning into what it is that we really, really, really love to do because we can do so many things. It's what is it that you really love to do? And that's 
like the secret sauce that kind of comes out because you're so passionate about that, whatever that channel of work is and the impact that that then brings to you, the client, I think is, yeah, it's just amazing what can come out of what it is that you're personally passionate about. So one of the things you put on your form to work together was that you wanted someone else with like a strategic brain to look over as you were building this out to, you know, kind of co-create and sense check it and quote, someone to call me out on my shit. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, So... Let's look at what we did. So yeah, we we got rid of some of the services that weren't serving you in your in your OBM business because you needed a bit of white space. You needed mm-hmm. the the time and the capacity to build up the associates thing. Also, for context, we started in October and in January you were going traveling in South in South and Central America for three months. <laughs> so we knew again that yes, you were doing this. You were creating a second arm of your business, but you also had another priority with spending time away traveling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think when this when OBM Associates dropped in in September, I actually just made the choice to not take on any new client. I actually stopped my marketing, which I wish I'd not done, but I also didn't have the language to be able to start talking about OBM Associates, and I also didn't have the language to continue talking about what I'd been, you know, what I do because so I was in a very very unusual void. And I thought, you know what, if I ever got anything to say, then I'm actually not going to say anything. Whilst I took a step back and I made a very conscious decision to take that step back, to not take on any clients, to invest in you and further investments after that, to to be completely transparent, where I was actually making a small loss within the business when you look at the balance sheet. But again, that was a, a conscious decision to do that, as well as traveling across Central America for the next four months while still maintaining and working with the clients that I were already working with, as well as building out a completely second business. So it was a very interesting time. And yeah, you know, I, I only had so much time to be able to work. You know, my clients obviously came first. They were absolutely number one priority whilst I was traveling. And building that as OBM Associates came second. And Obviously, travel was, you know, part of that plan, but we would, you know, we would travel Friday to Monday and we would be working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we traveled quite slowly through Central America, but it was so amazing to have that space to be able to focus on the couple of clients that I've got, develop OBM Associates, but also be in a completely new environment um, and with a new lens to build OBM Associates and that whole new perspective of, how I'm going to do this, how I want to come home and do this. And, with, and obviously with your, your support with that. And ugh, I'm just so grateful to have had that time and your support. And just a yeah, I don't know whether I could have built it at home because I'd been in this same environment for so long. I'm actually still stuck at the kitchen table, <laughs> you know, building a business. We're building an office for me now. We're back, so that's you know that'll be a nice change of scenery. But I just think for me personally, my environment is absolutely everything, and I know that more than anything now. So whatever comes next for Lauren Lee OBM or OBM Associates, I'll be absolutely <laughs> taking myself away to kind of build it with a new with with space and, and with a new environment. 
And I got to live vicariously through you because it was grey, <laughs> cold winter here. And I would be like, I'm in Costa Rica or I'm in Panama. <laughs> and she'd be doing these Zoom calls with these amazing tropical backgrounds. I was like, this is, this is great. I love it. But you made an important point there is that you made a small loss in the mm. business, but you didn't see that as a negative because... Well, your business was set up. You knew that. Your business was set up. You knew what your income was. You're very intentional around your business finances and money, which is great. But also you knew that the things you'd invest in, which was not just me, and we'll talk about that in a while, you see the long-term benefit. This is a legacy Mm -hmm. business. And Mm -hmm. I think you were investing from a very empowered place, which is important. You knew exactly what you wanted. When you filled out the form, you were like, I want this this and and this, which is great for me because I'm like, yes, it's not like this. Oh, I'm investing because I need to start making 10K months next month, which Mm. is from a very disempowered place or, you know, people making big investments that they can't afford because they think, oh, this is going to be the the key or the magic bullet or the secret or whatever that gets me the success. Yours was very, and probably because of the way you think and your background in understanding how business works it was very strategic. Like if I invest in these things, I can see how I'm going to get the ROI over a decade. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So our journey was the first couple of months was when you were getting set to go traveling. You're here in the UK. It was a very wet, cold November, <laughs> December. And I would say this was like this contraction phase for you. Like you say, you weren't marketing, but you were, you were getting things together. You were getting the ideas together. And I know, and typical, you know, say crawl fashion, you were very frustrated that you felt like you weren't doing it fast enough. (laughs) Yeah. That was a really, really tough time. I think it was towards the end of November. It was, it was so tough. And there was also the Mars retrograde that kicked off at the beginning of October. And I was quite mindful of that because my rise in the Gemini and I just could not get moving. I just could not do anything. Every time I sat down to be like, right, we'll be able to see it. But how are we doing this? What's next? Map out the project plan, map out all the things. And as an online business manager, you know, I should be quite easily be able to do that. And I knew exactly what I needed to do, but I just couldn't do it. I could not do it. And I was so frustrated with myself. I was trying to still give myself all the self-love and self-care and compassion. But then obviously then we would get together and I'd be like, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. I just, I, I can't, I just could not do it. I could not do it. And I can't even describe the frustration because, you know, I am somebody who is ambitious. I am so consistent in everything that I do. And what, and when I say I'm going to do something, I am going to do it. So I've got all this like, built up against me and I was just I was just fighting against the brick wall and it wasn't until we just flipped over to December and I was like do you know what I need to just surrender to this whatever it is I just need to surrender to it and finally gave myself some grain I was like do you know what it's December it's Christmas it's family time you need to make the most of your friends and family before you go on this travel trip on the 6th of January just Put it away. <laughs> just close it up. Have a complete mental break from it. Like I can't even describe how beneficial that is actually to do. Like having, you know, really giving yourself like the weekend off from your work week to not think about it, not open your emails, not check Slack. It's so powerful to do that. So to actually 
close this away and not think about it was really difficult because I wanted to get started with it. I just surrendered and I just focused on Christmas and family and friends and just having a really good time. I actually took a full month off from like like the 15th or whatever the date, 15th of December fell and I didn't return until the 13th of January. So I had a good month break to actually, you know, pack up, pack the bag, pack the backpack <laughs> and get out of the country and get into a completely new environment. And I finally gave myself that, you know, I surrendered to that finally. And then once I got out of the country, oh my God, <laughs> just blew, it just flowed so much better. What's really interesting about this is a couple of things I'll give context for anyone listening is we kicked off in October, middle of October, I think it was yeah. in Lisbon. And you, by the end of November, so six weeks, you were frustrated that you hadn't done enough. So it felt like forever at the time, but it was six mm. weeks. And you had COVID for one of those. <laughs> yeah, I got... And you had a full <gasps> client roster and you were actually doing stuff, but the it's this thing about creation. You did have ideas and things were percolating and you were starting to map things out, but because it wasn't out in the world, I think it's very easy for us to say, oh, I want the end result ready. And if it's not, there's, I haven't done anything or I haven't done mm-hmm. enough. And actually through November and December, a lot of our work together was not on the strategy. It was a lot of growth work because mm-hmm. you had been like, but this time last year I was really productive and there's that comparison. So there was so much around, like you say, the surrender and the acceptance and also knowing, because we talked about the lifestyle and the travel, knowing that when you got away, things Mm. would change because you know yourself, we looked at your human design, all of these things. And like you say, I think our first call in January, I think you're in Belize, if I remember. Mm. So it was somewhere very, very nice. (laughs) And you were like a different person. Yeah. Yeah, I like felt like a different ready to go, and and it's so important to I think to give this permission to people because when they feel like they're stagnant and nothing's happening for a long time, when you look back and you go, oh, it was five weeks, mm. something like that. Like it's not a big deal when you're in it; it feels like forever. Yeah, it did. It did feel like forever. And actually, even if we looked at what I did, what I actually did do for it, I did. I got the trademark. Yes, <laughs> I got the trademark in the middle of it all. I'd mapped out how I was actually going to do it, but even though I'd not gone into much detail, and and then I'd hired somebody to write some blogs for me. And that was a really interesting process, an amazing process. And because I'd not fully, well, the other person had fully landed still, because I kind of needed to get out of the country to get the new perspective of what I'm going to do. And the ideal client actually changed after a month working with a copywriting agency. And they did such a great job taking my vision and putting it into words without me even fully understanding what we were crystal clearly doing. Like they did such a fantastic job for that. And that process actually helped me solidify what OBM Associates was all about. So, yeah. And like you said, we obviously did a ton of work in the background, going to the depth. (laughs) <laughs> we went to the depth we did we in the depths of winter as well we went to the depths and that's one of the things that I love about you setting up associates in this way is that that was another very mindful decision now that agency was a significant investment and obviously you brought that to our calls we we discussed whether it was a good investment but like you say you knew that first off you didn't want to spend the time 
writing lots of blog posts. That wasn't your best use of time. You, you're a good writer, but you wanted someone to really like wow with it. Mm. And I think what it was able, it enabled you to do is empty your brain, as you say, yeah. and they put it together. They delivered these blog posts, which are phenomenal. So good, which are there, you know, they're going to last you forever for mm. SEO, but you can repurpose content from that. It's another one of those investment decisions that it can feel like a big lift. But if you're looking at the long-term vision and what is it going to save you and what what's it going to enable you to do going forward, that was spot on the correct thing for you to invest in. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they did, they took my words and just they just streamlined it. This like they streamlined my brain. That's the only way that I can describe it. <laughs> they did a really great job. It's so yeah. great. And one of them is something like eight signs that you need an OBM in your business. Mm. And I used that to one of my clients because she was very mm. reluctant to upgrade from a VA to an OBM, but she clearly and I was like, just read this. And then she went, Oh, I'm all of those. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what you're doing, right? You want yeah. you want your content to speak to your ideal client yeah. to say, Oh yeah, now I understand why I need this service. So yeah. so I love that. So that was kind of our journey through till January. And then, like you say, you really picked up momentum while you're away in creating the you had new website as well. You had a rebrand, mm. you had a new photo shoot. Like so oh. much went on during our time together. But then Earlier this year, OBM Associates actually came out into the world. You know, we had the discussion. You were like, but will anyone apply? Will anyone want to be an associate? <laughs> and then the first week it's announced how many applications? 12? Do you know what? I was I was launching the I was launching the website. And it was so funny because I'd actually said when we started working together that I was going to launch this in March. I'd already said I'm launching it on the 23rd of the 3rd. And even though we thought about launching it a bit sooner, I stuck to it. I was like, do you know what? This date still feels really good for me. Further in the future, it gives me more time to build the website, gives me more time to build the brand, gives me more time to really nail down the, the real details of what OBM Associates is about, the intention, the values, and also work with the copywriting agency. You know, that re- I've, we really worked together on that because what everything came out of me, the the values and the intention and like those details of the ideal client, I had to give that to them so that they could create the content. But I launched the website and I launched the OBM Associates on the same day. And I was in Costa Rica in the middle of a storm. The Wi-Fi was going on and off. The power was on and off. <laughs> it was absolute carnage. Yeah. And... I launched the website and I was then in the middle of trying to launch OBM Associates and I'd got two applicants come through for OBM Associates just from the website. And I was just like, no way. <laughs> no way. This is really... And I, and I was saying to Sam, I was like, oh my God. They were like, you're joking. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I was so... Oh, Nicole, I can't even describe the the feeling. I was just so... It was, it was real. It finally became real you know you we work on as laptops and on computers and it's like where where is the I don't even know how to describe it the physical like this is happening right now and that was like a, a massive moment for me but then like you said yeah we launched OBM Associates and within the first week we had 12 applicants so it just blew me away Amazing. and the application forms were just wow like the ideal client that I'd find the niche down to with every single one of them. I was like, oh my God, how am I actually going to 
to pick between the amazing people. So I know yeah. it was a good problem to have. Like, <laughs> yeah. This person's amazing. And this person's amazing. And I can't take them all on at this time, but yeah, maybe in the future. And I kept saying yeah. to you, like, in the future, when you've got yeah. when you've got more capacity for them. But yeah, I I love that because I got to see it in real time, obviously. And you know, what I will say for anyone listening is, could you have launched it quicker? Yes. If you didn't have a full roster of clients and you weren't traveling and you were happy to work five days a week, someone else, yeah, maybe you could have launched it. But was there any rush? Did you need to? This isn't like a get rich quick or, you know, there was no, I've got to get this out ASAP. There is a balance sometimes between doing it properly and managing your own energy and still enjoying your life, especially when you're traveling. So that again, when we kicked off in October, March felt a long way away, but it actually went in no time. Super quick, really, when when you think about it. Super quick. So we are we're recording this in May. I know it's going out a little bit longer. We have just wrapped up our six months together. Mm. We pushed a couple of calls because you had COVID, we you were traveling and stuff. So we've just wrapped up, although you are still a client on Slack, which yeah. is wonderful. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that because you had three calls a month as, you know, a private client and Slack access. And we discussed at the start about Slack because you were rightly so cautious that you didn't want to create a codependency. So you Mm -hmm. didn't want a relationship where you were running, you know, to a coach to ask permission or, you know, run everything by them, which is a very, very valid point. And, you know, a well-trained coach should be looking out for and aware of anyway. And it took a while, I would say, for you to settle into the use of of Slack and how to do it. But to the point that at the end of our contract, you were just like, I want to keep Slack because you... (laughs) Because you've now, you see the value in in that. And what I would say, sometimes I wouldn't hear from you for a couple of weeks because you didn't need anything and that's fine. Sometimes you would drop in with, you know, three or four voice notes, giving me an update and, and sharing things. I think I know the answer to this, but how beneficial was the Slack to you as well as the calls? Yeah. So like you said, at first, it took me a little bit to settle into it because I, I think I found myself... And this is obviously just a way that I've been operating every day is that something might come up and I think, okay, this is happening and I might journal and I might work through it and then I might move past it and move on, you know, stop from that. Or I was saving it up for our call, but then it was prolonging what was happening or what I was feeling or thinking about. And I think there might have been a moment where I just like unleashed all this stuff. And it was like, well, why didn't I do it in the moment? Why didn't I open up Slack and record the real raw situation? That's what I'm meant to be doing. Why am I not doing that? (laughs) So when I finally, you know, we had that conversation and we finally grasped that, I was then, I suppose, challenging myself to share in the moment so that we could move through it because not only <clears throat> was it that supporting me really even though I couldn't probably see it at the time it was helping you help me and until I started doing that it then allowed me to also so I've always said from the beginning I find it really difficult to sometimes see myself and I, that's why I say you know call me out on my shit and I don't know why I can't see myself well there's a couple of reasons why I think I might not be able to it might be to do with my human design where I'm fully defined 
I've got that consistency. I've got the certainty. And I've also got that unconscious too. So anything that comes natural to me, I just can't see it. But the moment that we, or that I started sharing in the moment, you were able to call me out on anything. You were able to highlight things to me. You were able to reflect back to me on why I was thinking like that or maybe why I was doing that. And it just pulled me out so much quicker, so much quicker. And I particularly love, like you say, the to sharing raw in the moment because vulnerability is hard, especially mm-hmm. when we are high achievers and we've been conditioned to, you know, to get on with it and and not, you know, don't share and all of that. But actually when you're in this type of container where you are pushing yourself for personal growth, it's it's really important to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. The way you have, I would say, utilized Slack beautifully, I think the other week showed this perfectly. You were, uh, you left me a voice note and the problem was you hadn't had enough white space. Mm-hmm. So you'd, you'd left me a voice note and your mood was like, oh, oh, and I'm struggling with it and blah, blah, blah. And then I hadn't listened because you left it in the evening. You left one the next morning and you were like a different person because you're like, I've had some <laughs> white space now, I'm fine, it's all done. And I literally replied and I said, you've coached yourself through that. So it's not so much that you were coming and asking for an answer or asking for permission. It was more having the space and giving you for you to be able to reflect and then come back and be like, it's okay now. And, you know, the reflection there was, we need to make sure you've got more white space because otherwise we know how you're going to feel. Yeah. And I think it being so stuck in your own head and going over it and over it and talking to yourself and being like, okay, and I need to do this and I need to do that. And I know like, obviously, you know, having a big brain dump on a piece of paper is a really good way to do it and stuff like that. But for me, it's like literally speaking it out loud that helps me realize what's happening and what needs to happen next. And it was like, yeah, I think I pulled a 13 hour shift that day. It was 11 o'clock at night. I was like, I need to close this down. This is absolutely not how I want to be operating or running my business. I I'd pulled that shift so that I could have a three day, four day break mental break to then come back fighting the following week so that was kind of my way of getting ahead with that but in that moment I was like oh my god I need to do this and this and I can't I couldn't think clearly because I got that much on of what I needed to do about something that was really high level and then and to work on those high level scenarios it was for my own business but also for like my client's business I need the space to be able to sit and think about that and I didn't have it and it was, okay, I need to close this down. I'd kind of brain dumped it on you a little bit. Be like, what do you think about this? <laughs> and the Emma will probably come back to me in the morning. But I actually went to sleep. I set my, I actually got in the bath at <laughs> 11 o'clock at night for an hour. <laughs> and that, that will, that will always help me to ground myself and kind of come around from those situations and close off the day, then go to sleep. Wake up. Let's start fresh. Don't open Slack. Don't check WhatsApp personal friends and family don't check work literally open it up and do what i need to do first they're my money making activities at the end of the day they should be done first not at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> so that's what happened i literally had what an hour on it <laughs> and then i was yeah. like it's okay started all done finished love yeah. that perfect perfect outcome but but knowing that you've got that space there as well i think like you say rather than just jotting it down on a piece of paper that you can empty empty your head uh so i love that and i love supporting you in slack for that very yeah for that very reason so yeah tell us about 
OBM Associates. So we are, like I said, we're recording this in May. This will be a bit later in the year. It's all up and running. All the trademarks are done. Associates are being onboarded as we speak. So tell us about it from the point of the associates and what you offer for them, but also for business owners and the service that you offer. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just so excited about it. So OBM Associates, I think is really, really unique because of the intention that it's been built on. So there was a gap in the online space that I could see and what I was hearing from other online business managers because I did a ton of market research also during that time of the last six months of what it is, is it that they're missing? What is it that they're not getting from their role or their business um, personally and professionally? And for me, what I value and what I wasn't getting, I suppose, was connection, community. And I could see that other people weren't getting that either. So I also had clients, you know, still getting in touch, wanting to work with me, being on the wait list. And obviously I I was at capacity because I actually took on a couple of other clients towards the back end of the travel trip. Um, And that will allow the associates that have come on board will help with the clients that are coming through. But the beauty of it is that the intention that's been built for this, the like the community, is that the associates also value the values of, of OBM associates. So the associates I have handpicked, vetted, audited, and they've got the foundational experience from a corporate background. So they've been involved in operations, managing processes, setting up processes, working with high-level executives and, you know, high expectations, managing a remote team. They've got those foundational skills, which I believe an online business manager absolutely needs for this role. And then they've also had the experience of taking a leap into entrepreneurship. They've faced fear. They've had courage. They've suffered with imposter syndrome, but they've done it anyway. And... It takes, a, it takes a certain type of person for that. And they've got, they've built the business, they've set up the framework, they've got the processes, they've had the clients, they've had the client experiences, they've worked with different business models. And they're also looking for more. They're looking for community. They're looking for connection. So I saw this gap of why are we doing business? Why aren't we doing business together? Why are we doing it individually? Why can't we come together to share the work and support and impact more business owners? So behind the scenes, we are a small community and we're supporting each other personally and professionally because we understand what it takes to be an online business manager. We understand the challenges that we face. We have such a huge responsibility in our clients' businesses that, you know, some people don't understand what it is that we do and the responsibility that we actually have even our you know friends and family they try to understand the best that they can but you know when we from my experience and and, and other people that I've spoken to is that they can't quite understand so that we're not get so we're not getting that level of support that we might need so being able to kind of lean on each other really supports us then personally but then when it comes to working with our clients the clients are coming in and they are paired with an OBM that I think that will work really, really well together. And 
they'll go off and have their own relationship, their own partnership. I'm not here to, you know, look over anybody's shoulder and sign off any work. You know, we've already done the audit and if there's been any gaps, we have filled with any resources. And then if the OBM needs any support, then they come to the community. You know, they can have the initial strategy session with the client and they can map out the roadmap and come back to the community and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. What does everybody think? Is there a better way of doing it? What does this infrastructure look like to you? And because all the associates have had different experiences, they've got different knowledge, we can really share that. And it's like a powerhouse. I see that as like a powerhouse where we can come together and we can support the OBM. So the OBM is also getting additional knowledge and experience through the community. But the client is just getting an unbelievable amount of support. They're not just getting one OBM brain. They're kind of getting five. That's as many as I'm kind of opening it up for at the minute, as well as me. So for me, the energy exchange between all of us works really, really well and it supports each other and it impacts us all. And it's all about doing business together. And the applicants that have applied for that, it's really resonating with them and the associates that are in there. Um, yeah, they're just they're, they're so perfect for it and they're all on board and everybody's so uniquely different. And yeah, it's really exciting. And this is why you said earlier that whole model of bringing on your own team didn't resonate with you because if we look at everything, this is the perfect business for you because because of your experience, because of what you've done in corporate, because of your zone of genius, but also because of your values, because I know that connection is hugely important to you and excellence and being able to you know, mentor these OBMs and audit their businesses and make sure they've got everything that they need to provide the excellence to their clients. So when we look at it like that, it's so obvious. It's like, well, of course you wouldn't do anything different to this. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite funny when you think about it. It, it becomes so obvious. And I think we think that business has to be complicated. And at first I was complicating it with all the mind maps, with all the different <laughs> services and all the different things. I was complicated. I was complicating it. And even when I was looking, you know, for the ideal client for this, I was, I was like, I want to help people get out of corporate and get into OBM Associates and get into the online business manager role. I was like, I want to get VAs out of their role and into online business managers. And we're just overcomplicating it again. And for this first phase of the business model to work, it just needed to be the absolute right OBM and the more established OBM so that they can support the client at the level that I've been supporting at. You know, the, the quality of service is something that is the most important for me. And it all comes down to also the relationship, so building that relationship with our client. That's why connection is so important to me because without that, it's going to be a really rocky relationship, <laughs> you know. So you've really got to connect with the client. And my associates, they, they understand that. They appreciate the relationship that they and they want to build they want to build that with the client and the clients that are coming through the door also understand that you know this isn't get an OBM and offhand your business and not be involved in it you know that's not how business works or works well so yeah I think I'm really excited for it I'm excited for the associates just kind of everybody building that relationship and friendship and just 
yeah, impacting and supporting more businesses that are out there with good quality service. Beautiful. Obviously, I'm going to drop all of the links in the show notes. So if anyone's listening and they are an OBM and they're like, Hmm. I like the sound of being an associate or if you're a business owner looking to be paired with an OBM that has been obviously audited, trained, is working you know, to an excellent standard, then Lauren is, Lauren is your person. So I'll drop all the links there before I let you go. Firstly, thank you so much for coming on and being the first client spotlight. Thank you for being so open and sharing your journey. And it's been a joy actually to reflect back on how much has mm-hmm. happened in the last six months yeah it's been amazing and yeah just thank you thank you for having me and thank you for all your support as well because yeah it's been i've just loved it i've loved it so i'm going to amend my final questions ever so slightly being as you're a client and i would love to know what's the biggest change in yourself or the biggest learning that you would take away from our six months together oh my gosh as a manifesting generator there's never one thing (laughs) (laughs) There's always a few. I think the big ones that have probably stuck with me are the ones that I've really learned, especially to build OBM Associates and transition, continue transitioning into the CEO role that I'm I'm in, is understanding that my value is not in the implementation. Thousand percent. That's such a big one. And I've relapsed on that a couple of times and I've had to learn that lesson I've had to really learn that lesson and that's definitely been like a letting go process as well so yeah I think that's probably the biggest lesson but or one of the biggest lessons that I've had to learn through that I think also in that process of things aren't going to be the same so like the way that I was so frustrated during the autumn season was well last year I was so productive and I was getting up before the sunrise and that's not happening this year. And that's been quite a big wake up call to be like, well, and it happened even with travel. It was like, okay, this is what happened on the last travel trip. This was a completely different trip. So I can't expect to get anything that I got from that trip on this trip. And I'm glad I learned that during that, before we went on those travels, because my expectations of what I got from the last trip would have been put on this trip. And yeah, I'm glad I learned that and I was able to let that go before. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. And I think that's a huge lesson for for anyone because whether it's like whether you're comparing a launch to a previous launch or whether you're, you know, comparing your revenue to previous revenue or any anything, there's so much nuance in it mm. and it can really make us it can really bring us down and be like, oh, but it's not like it was. And it's mm. not like it was because it's a different it's a different thing. Like you say, yes, it's autumn, but it's a different autumn. Yeah, it's traveling, but it's it's different traveling. So mm. I, I agree. I think that one has been huge for you to be able to mm. like let go of the expectation and just be be in the now. Absolutely. Which leads me on to my final question, of course, which is which book would you recommend to any audience members that are listening that are looking to grow their online business? Ooh. So I usually read between a mixture of like business books, spiritual books, self-help books. Don't really read that many novels or anything, but I think the big, so many. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the one that, the one that comes to mind is in my mind and I'll always recommend it is the power of now. And I'm actually going to reread that because I think it land differently because I've not read it for so long, but it was such a light bulb moment 
to learn to be in the now for a start, but also take control of your thoughts and your mindset. So within that book, there's practical practices that teach you how to, to manage, you know, your mindset and your thought from your thought process. And I was like, oh, you know, it's, again, it's permission given. It's like everybody kind of has thoughts and thinks and wakes up with these thoughts and thinks that, but okay, how can we actually stop them? How can we ground them? How can we understand them? That was the, yeah, quite a pivotal book. And I know it's not probably business related, but it helped me. It helps me within my business for sure. Beautiful. Thank you, Lauren, so much. I'm going to pop that in the show notes along with all of your links and see you in Slack. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast with me, Emma Louise Parks. If you enjoy this show, please, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. As a thank you, one lucky reviewer each month will win a 60-minute one-on-one coaching session with me, where you'll get the clarity and confidence to attract your ideal clients. And if you know someone who could benefit from listening to the show, then please do share and help me reach as many fellow ambitious introverts as possible.